Hello, and welcome to Ready and Newman's Daily Podcast, your go-to place for common questions about immigration to the United States. Ready and Newman is a team of experienced business immigration attorneys who handle a host of visa categories and complex immigration cases. This podcast will provide an insight into our daily free conference calls hosted by our attorneys, as well as discussions on hot immigration topics. Please note that information provided is not to be construed as legal advice for your specific situation and does not constitute an engagement with Ready & Newman PC or establish an attorney-client relationship. For specific advice on your situation, please contact an attorney. Here's your host. All right, we'll go. <clears throat> we'll go ahead and get started uh, a minute early here. Uh, my name is Ryan Wilk. I'm an attorney and partner here at Ready and Newman PC. I'm joined today uh, by my colleague Janelli Garcia. We're deputizing for Rahul today. Um, we've had some uh, some visa bulletin issue popped up, and so he's asked us to step in and answer any questions. So, uh, Gayatri, we'll go ahead and get things started. If you want to open it up to the first caller. Sure, Ryan. Could we? Oh hi, uh, uh, hi, hi. Uh, my case is uh, <clears throat> hi. Uh, uh, <clears throat> I have applied for green card in uh, August 2021, and my priority date is uh, October 2012. Uh, so recently, my wife and my kid got EAD, uh, but uh, I haven't received any EAD. Uh, so what are my options here? Do I need to uh, raise any ticket with them or what should I do? And you're, you're the principal on the GC and you yes. haven't received the GC. <laughs> That's, you're the lucky one, I guess. Um, so what you can do is you can maybe put in a service request um, for what's called outside of normal processing time. Um, so you can Google like USCIS service request. Um, that link will kind of give you a bunch of different options. And then you'll see one for outside of processing time. Um, and so that's really it. Um, USCIS is kind of stubborn on on the uh, the EAD. So that's one option is the outside of normal processing time. Another thing that you can do, and this is an informal way. So so the service request that I just mentioned, that's one formal way. An informal way is what's called a... Um, expedite request. And so really it's just a letter that you send to USCIS. You can even Google um, like 765 expedite processing. And it's a case by case basis that they take. So you can essentially say, hey, my wife and kids have been approved. I'm the principal, you know, can you maybe just bump my case? So that's really what you're doing with asking. So legally they're not, the USCIS isn't in a bad spot, so to speak. Like you can't, force isn't the right word, but that's what I'm saying is, is you can't just say, hey, you guys are in the wrong because my wife and my kid got it. Why aren't I? You're just in the queue. Typically, you would have been a- approved first. Why it hasn't been, I don't know. Um, how long have you had it pending for? You said February? Uh, <laughs> no, I applied in August 2021. Uh, it's like uh, one and a half. Over a year. year month. Yeah. So, yeah, what your, what your experience is, is kind of normal, the new normal. So if you're at the year mark, you're, you're about at the spot where I would say you can start expecting it to get the approval. 
Uh, so that's just one thing I would say is that you're probably close to the front of the queue right now to be getting it. So you won't hurt yourself by doing the formal or the informal me method. You can even do both. Uh, but I would just reading the tea leaves, I think you're kind of towards the front of the queue. Um, and so if you want to just sit on things, I think you probably will be getting the EAD shortly. Uh, how long I, I wouldn't wouldn't really want to give you any false hopes on, but I think you're at the front of the queue. And there's one more thing to think about uh, is that you can sue the government now. Uh, like a year is is far longer than it should be taking for them to be approving these EADs. Um, my colleague in our office, his name is Stephen Brown. He heads up our litigation and he's been suing on this very issue. And from what I've gathered, he's seen nothing but success. And so if, if you have an H-1B that's healthy, you probably don't need to worry about suing to get the EAD, but maybe you get laid off or you just really are sick of H-1B stuff. Maybe you can think about suing and doing the litigation. But for me right now, just kind of given what you've said, wait. And if it gets to be critical where, okay, I really need this EAD, then maybe you can think about suing the government. And that's not a bad thing. You're just asking them to do their job with the force of a judge behind you at that point. Um, and so that's just something to think about. But for right now, I would say just, just hold tight um, and just keep an eye on the mail. You're, you're, like I said, you're towards the front of the queue. Sure. Uh, one, one last question. So what are my chances of getting 485? Is it difficult or... Oh, that's a, that's, I think we're going to get that same question a few times today, especially with the way that the dates have, have retrogressed. Mm -hmm. One of two things is going to happen with your case. Either they're going to say that they assigned you the visa back when it was current, and mm -hmm. they're just waiting to get through the, the queue of cases to finally give you the hard approval, or you were caught in the retrogression and, and you're kind of back where you were before you filed the 485. Now, of course you have the 485 filed and all of the protections and the EADs and the AP entitlements that come with that, but you're back into the spot where you don't have the current priority anymore. And so they're not going to be approving the case. So one of two things is gonna happen with you. It's either, hey, I was approved or I was green lighted back then. And now I'm just waiting for the approval to come. I would say that's maybe 15% chance. The other 85% okay. is you probably got retrogressed and you're just waiting now. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Next question. Sure. Thank you. You won. Hi, Steve. Uh, thanks for taking my call uh, and my question here. Um, my priority date is uh, September of 2014. And with the new retrogression, <clears throat> and when I checked the case status, um, I did interfile in August um, last month. And after the yesterday news uh, from Rahul Reddy, um, I was kind of disappointed to hear that, uh, like many of us here. Um, but to my surprise, they moved my case to NBC today. So does that say something, some, something to be hopeful for, or what does that indicate? I really hesitate right now to give any false hopes. And that, that doesn't mean I want you to have pessimism about this, but I just don't want to give you anything that, that's not grounded in, in reality. And so um, the movement to the NBC, I wouldn't read one thing or another into that, whether they're going to approve the GC or not. Uh, over the last few months, and before this announcement yesterday, moving to the NBC or moving to a, a field office was a good thing for me. It means that you're pretty close to the approval now with what we've seen, 
that officer might be prevented from approving it. May, maybe they allotted, I don't know if you're listening to the last caller, but maybe that they have previously allotted, you know, kind of the green light to you and they're just waiting for it to get through the queue so they could actually get you the hard copy of the approval. That's maybe a 15% likelihood. The other 15% is that you, you might've retrogressed um, really due to no fault of your own. And so whether you were or you weren't, we don't know. And there's really no way to find out um, there's two weeks, three weeks left in the fiscal year. And so we were really getting close to that point of expecting, you know, whether we were going to hit the mark or not. Getting this late, and then especially with that announcement yesterday, I think that we're probably going to be missing the mark right now. Um, and so you have the pending 485, you can still get the EAD and the AP and, and all of that. But now you're just without the, the current priority date and, and you're waiting again. Um, that's, that's the reality of it. So just to follow up, like if we do decide to, I have an approved EAD and uh, AP as well. If we do decide to change jobs um, <clears throat> using the AC21, I can. Uh, is there any downside with changing locations? No, uh, there isn't. I would take this as the general rule. As long as it's a company who doesn't have the I-140 for you, you can take it coast to coast. So location won't matter. Okay. And then the same really applies for the EAD. Like you can use the EAD for whoever you wanted to. You can be current I-140 employer. You can go work at McDonald's at the front desk or you can go be the CEO of Tesla and you can do anything in between. Um, but to get back to the AC21 movement question, uh, ge geography really doesn't matter. I would just say as long as it's not with the I-140 company because they did the but perm. USCIs might look at that a little strange. Uh, but you the did the perm and now you want to be similar. Same or similar. And that's a pretty wide net, right? As long as you're not going to go be a dentist or a chef, they're, they're going to be okay with it. Got it. I haven't seen any you assigned for the new, for the new bulletin, like are the existing bulletin, like you, you indicating unavailable. Is that already mm -hmm. published somewhere uh, for this month? We're anticipating it uh, for, for they're going to, we're thinking they're going to reissue a September visa bulletin with the unavailable they've already issued the October uh, came out today and, and dates have retrogressed back to 2012 for India, EB2 and EB3. Okay. Thank you. You answered my questions. Thank you. Thank you. Joe? Next question, Gayatri. Joe? Uh, hi, Ryan. This is George now. So my question uh, is currently I'm on OPT EAD and it is valid until uh, January 2024. Uh, but my H-1B is approved with uh, change of status uh, with different employer and he's planning to withdraw it before October 1st. So in this case, uh, does my OPT still be valid or not? I can, I can take this one, um, Ryan. So thank you for your question. Um, what happens in, in these situations is automatically, as you know, SEVIS is going to be, you're going to be kicked out of SEVIS as of October 1 because your H-1B has been approved. If there's any way to ask the, ask the employer to hold the withdrawal until October 1 or the day after, and you find a new employer, you could switch at that point. The only other option would be to, um, for reinstatement of SEVIS, they would have to withdraw and USCIS would have to receive that withdrawal of the H-1B prior to September 28th or prior to that, that October 1st date in order for you to reinstate the OPT. 
Okay, I have asked the employer to withdraw um, my H-1B because currently I'm in my 38th week of pregnancy. So oh. my current uh, my current organization approved for my maternity leave. That's the reason I don't want to take any um, risk at this point of time. So, so that's the reason I have asked my uh, employer to withdraw it. So if it is before uh, October 1st, is it fine? I can be still in the US. Uh, and from October 1st, my, does my OPT will be valid again? It's not going to automatically reinstate itself because by was your approval um, issued with an I-94? Did you receive an I-797A? Yes, yes. So how it generally works is that it'll automatically kick you out of SEVIS and therefore kick you out of your OPTF1 status. Um, and so the only way to reinstate that is to either go for consulate um, issuance for another a new F1 visa or find a different non-immigrant status to stay in the U.S. What I would suggest is that they keep, that they, if, have it, do you know if they've already withdrawn it? No. Okay, so I would, I would suggest that they don't withdraw until either at all, if they're willing to, especially since you're going on maternity leave. If, if the job offer is still gonna be there, once that maternity leave would be, um, once you would come back theoretically, then they, could choose to not withdraw, but if they at least wait until after October 1st to withdraw, you could potentially still use that same H-1B approval to transfer to a new, a new H-1B employer once you're ready. But in terms of your OPT, it would, it would automatically kick you out of service. So you would no longer be in that F1 status. I think you're muted. Can you hear us okay? Okay, Joe? Uh, yeah, I mean, my question is my, um, I mean, my current uh, employer didn't file H1 for me, but other employer did. Uh, so is it okay um, if we uh, withdraw before October 1st? Your new employer? Yeah, the new employer filed H1, uh, H1 for me and it got approved through new employer, but not with my current employer. So, but I'm planning to stay with my current employer. So what if he withdraw before October 1st? Does my OPT still be valid uh, from October 1st? So it, for, because an H1 was approved under your name, your service account would be inactive regardless of the employer. So in general, your, your OPT um, EAD status would become null or would become void as of October 1st. You would okay. to join that, uh, that new employer by October 1st. Okay. What if he withdraw before October 1st? If he withdraws and USCIS receives the withdrawal before October 1st, then you mm -hmm. could reinstate. Uh, what was that? Uh, how to do, do that? You would contact your DSO on how to, to what the mm -hmm. best practices are for that. But generally okay. what they're doing as well is as long as the company um, files that withdrawal, then, mm -hmm. uh, and, and USCIS has to receive it. And generally, unfortunately, withdrawals don't get approved that quickly. It does take okay. uh, a month. And, and since we're already in September, we're past what you'd, potentially get it October 7th, and that would be past that October 1st date. Um, it okay. might run 
luck of not being able to reinstate. Okay, yeah. got it. You in terms of the exact timeline that you would need to, to take these uh, matters or take this initiative mm -hmm. to contact your DSO directly. Um, they would have more information as to how to do it or what that timeline looks like. But in mm -hmm. general, the, the new employer would have to withdraw before before October 1, generally a few days out. So October 20, uh, September 27th, 28th. Okay, okay, got it. Thank you. You're welcome. Chandra Subaya. Hey, thank you for taking my call. So uh, I have a derivative, uh, my son who is 19 years old and his I-485 is pending while the primary I-485 is approved. So this is the situation that I am in. And my question is, uh, now that you know the current visibility and the dates have retrogressed, so will my derivative son be subjected to the priority date in the current visibility or because primary is approved and he is not subjected to the priority date? Uh, so, so your son's age is locked in. Uh, he shouldn't have anything to worry about on his 485. Um, you, you presented an and one or another. Uh, so we'll talk about the second one. The first one doesn't apply. It's the other, um, where you're saying, you know, is he locked in because the, because mine was approved essentially. That's not the totally correct way to think of it, but that's the way that you can think of it in essence is that they look at it when the first day that his priority date was ever current under final action that's way back when when he got approved and so that's his day yeah. it might be his 10 day. more years into the future before his 485 gets approved but his day is his age from uscis's eyes is 19 or, or less um I get whatever that you know yeah his cespa date is locked i get that point so the question is now in the october bulletin now currently there is no visa numbers available right so come october is there a possibility for him to get the green card because my priority date is 2013 I September. 2013, now 2013 September is not current. So will he, will he have to wait until 2013 September becomes current or can he get it because primary is already approved? Okay, so I don't know if you're listening to a few of the other callers. So one of two things has happened. One is that they've already allotted him the visa um, way back when dates were still current and they were just working through the queue to get him, you know, the final approval and get everything in order. That's about a 15, 20% likelihood that they were, that they approved him already and they're just getting through their queue, their, their, their workload to actually give him the approval. So that's maybe a 15, 20% chance. The, the, the 85, 80, you know, 80, 85% chance on the other side is that they never got to his case and never assigned them a visa number. And now he's, he's retrogressed. Uh, and he's he's waiting for the GC, or I'm sorry, he's waiting for the priority date to come current again. He isn't aged out by any means, so he's good there. But if he's in that scenario too, the 80, 85% where he was retrogressed, then he's he's waiting. Um, and he'll get the green card eventually through you, uh, but he he would need to wait for his priority date to yeah. come current again. And so that's it's a yeah. it's a 20 to 80 kind of split that we're looking at there. And if I need to think through the F2A option because he's already 19, right? So before 21, mm -hmm. if, I, if I want to take the F2A, F2A option, which is currently current, so how long does it take? Even though it is current, does it take a, a long time or do you think it is current and like EB1, you apply it and get in a couple of uh, months? Is that is that how it is? 
here's maybe one of the here's maybe an issue that we have to dig further is 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 he keeping a status he's probably not right he probably just is here on the 485 yes his uh, h4 is going to expire in november his h4 yes. is done because you have a, yeah. you you because you, you you're not h1b anymore right because you got the gc so his h4 yeah. is dead he's just here on the on the pending 485 and so he doesn't have a status. And so what, what that means and all that means is that he can't file another 485 until he gets back in status. And so if he gets a F1, if he gets uh, really any other non-immigrant visa, then he can file another 485. But until then, any kind of discussion about I-130s and how we could leverage those, we just don't have any weight behind it because simply put, to, to file a four, another 485, Based on the I-130, he needs to be in status. Right now, he's not in status. He's he's legally present. He's he's completely fine to be here because he has the pending 485. But that mm -hmm. in and of itself doesn't allow you to file another 485. You have to be in status. So say maybe he was still an H-4, then absolutely we could file another 485 for him under the I-130, the F-2A. But because he just has his GC that's pending right now, he nothing that will allow him to file another 485 as much as we might want to. And so that, and that's going gets, to be the holdup. And if he gets an EAD, can he file F2A? No, unfortunately not. The, the EAD, what that's going to act for him as well as the advanced parole is it's going to give him work authorization while his green card is pending. So it might take another five years for his green card to be approved, but the government will keep giving him the EADs. They'll keep giving him the advanced paroles until they finally approve him. But getting mm -hmm. one of those two things, EAD or AP, that doesn't do anything to allow us to file another 485. He'd have so, to either get his own H-1B, get an, get an F-1. Uh, I would really hesitate to do it on a B. Um, but he has to get back into a non-immigrant visa before he can file another 485. You can you can start an I-130 forum. You could do an I-130 forum today. No problems uh -huh. at all. But you can't you can't leverage that until your son is back in status. Yeah, if I-130 is approved, then I can change him to a student visa and then apply for 485, right? I think that, I mean, in theory, yes, but I think that that would be more, more than is necessary because um, he's got a pending 485 and that's locked in. He's going to get the approval. It's just a matter of time. Now, it might be more years than you want to wait, but he's going to get it. And in the meantime, he's going to have work and travel authorization. So you really don't need to file um a family-based case for him in in theory you know that, that's a good backup but i don't think in reality one in terms of time and then two in terms of cost it's not going to buy you anything more than what you've already got right now i mean you're waiting and you're going to be getting the, or your son's waiting and he's going to be getting the green card um doing the family-based route i think is just forgive me for saying it but i think it's just going to be a waste of your time okay Thank you, thank you. But one last question. So he's he's legal to pres to be present in U.S. Right? There will be no question. Absolutely, on that. absolutely. As long as his four eight five is mm -hmm. pending, and you've told me it is, until it's yes. denied, he's allowed to be in this country no matter what. And then once he's approved, you know, he's a GC holder just like you. Um, mm -hmm. but, but from this moment until a decision is reached on his GC, he's one hundred percent legal to be in the country. So if he has an EAD, will he be treated as a GC for the college perspective and the scholarship and other other things? That's a good question. It's, that's, that is more state dependent because uh, that's not an immigration issue anymore. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't think that they would treat him as a bona fide GC 
they, but I don't think that they would treat him as an international student anymore. Okay. Thank you, sir. Thank you for your time. Yes, sir. Vijay? Hi, uh, Ryan and uh, Ajitli. Um, so uh, this is my situation. I, um, I was with company A and I got my I-140 approved uh, way back in 2018. And my company A went through a acquisition, successor in interest acquisition, and uh, we are under the company B. So we filed for I-140 amendment, right? So now my question is, just in case my I-140 amendment is not approved or denied for any reason, would the old I-140 approval I currently have, uh, which has been approved since uh, 2018 under the previous company name, does it stay as approved? Can I use it for H-1B extensions? Or yeah, I wouldn't have any. I wouldn't have any concerns on that. Um, okay. I just want to let me repeat what you've told me, just so that I'm making sure that the fact scenario is the same. Company mm -hmm. A did the I-140. They mm -hmm. then became Company B. Company B then did an amendment of the I-140. Yes, Correct. Company okay. B acquired. So, one second, Ryan. On, uh, just to add, uh, Company A was acquired by Company B. Right. I see. I see. Yeah. I see. Um, and so what the amendment would be denied on is one of two things. Hmm. It's either going to be that the company didn't prove that they are the successor in interest, which means that the USCIS will not allow the amendment to be moved from company A to company B, hmm. or company B can't show the ability to pay your wage from the time that they took over company A. And so we Got see it. one or one and two, nothing speaks to company A any longer. So the only way that right. company A's I-140 gets affected is if the government finds out that you or the company did fraud or misrepresentation during the perm stage. So as long as you have no concerns about that, which I'm sure you do have no concerns, yeah. nothing's going to happen to that I-140. You can keep using that, even if there's a fatal on the, on the amendment, you can still use company A I-140 for any extensions, uh, with any company you want, if you have a spouse, H4, EAD, all that's locked in. And then, of course, your priority date, you keep that as well. Thanks, thanks. There is an RFE. I don't know the details yet, Ryan. I'm waiting uh, for that. My friend's amendment got approved, uh, the same situation, but uh, we got mm -hmm. an RFE. And last question, you said as long as that doesn't happen, I missed to pay attention to that. What what should, what should was the key case here for the I-140? Uh, fraud, fraud or misrepresentation during oh, the okay. term. Yeah. So yeah, as long as you're not lying about education and work history, you know, you, you, you don't have anything to worry about. Thank you so much. Ryan. Of course. You can take the next call. Yeah. Thanks Ryan for taking my call. Uh, I got a medical RFE on September 1st stating that my earlier sent medicals uh, doesn't have hepatitis B short covered and uh, they are asking for vaccination proof now. Uh, my case is EB1C, and uh, since the since there are no visas available at this point in time, so shall I hold on to my RFE response until October first, when the new visas are available, or can I straight away uh, respond to the RFE with the fresh set of medicals covering all that information? Yeah, for me, nothing is gained by by waiting. Uh, so, so as soon as you can get the RFE responded to, for me, that's always generally that's always the best and so yeah i always say get the medicals done send it and then end of this month once the clock turns over to october eb1 is going to be available again i think eb1 is going to be done for the rest of the fiscal year but but it should be there come october one 
And so as soon as you can get those medicals back and get USCIS, <clears throat> excuse me, and get USCIS in a position to improve your case, that's going to be better. Now, you won't see anything for the next three weeks. Uh, and I think we both understand that. But come yeah. October 1, if I was going to bet, I would say EB1 is going to be there again. Um, and so you should be should be good. And so, yeah, I would say as soon as you can, get the medicals done and send those back to USCIS. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Rand, for this. Mm -hmm. We'll try to do Sajid? one more if we can. Sure, Ryan. Sajid? Nilesh? Yes. Hi, uh, Nilesh here. Um, <laughs> um, here's my situation. I have my I-140 approved uh, from my previous employer and priority date is March 2014. Now I'm working with the bank as a full-time and they're in the process of submitting my perm, which will take another six months and then 485. Now, just, just now we got the visa bulletin for October and the date are moved back to 2012. I do not know what I need to do now. I'm like in a very, very bad shape. Nowhere, I can't even work with my previous employer to submit because of the very less time. And I cannot even, I mean, my current employer who is a bank, they cannot even submit in until the dates are current. What do you suggest? I, I, I think you understand the situation perfectly is that you're not, you're no longer right now in a position to file the 485 and that's just because of the priority dates. And so what, yeah. what does that do for you? It, it, what's your current, are you holding H1B? Yeah, I'm holding H1B. I do have my visa uh, stamping also done for next three years um, with my current employee who is a bank. That's my current status. And so that's, that's your current status and, and yeah. for the foreseeable future, your future <laughs> status. Um, the, the billion dollar question is one of these dates going to move again in a beneficial way for us. So for you, it's, it's sitting back on the H1B like you were probably doing for the last yeah, you know, know, five, my, 10 years, maybe. My original question was to ask for the next six months, but now this, this update just came like a couple of hours ago. Mm -hmm. I thought I will ask the question how it will look like in next, next six months, you know? Um, but it's just a bad news. I got, it's it's um, bleak. Yeah, it's bleak right now. Any idea, you know, um, why that would have happened like two years back? They might uh, I mean, there's a, there's a number of different kind of factors that play in. Um, trying to give as many GCs as they possibly could. And that's, a, I mean, that was good for us. We had the consular shutdown. So there's the disconnect between DHS and um, the State Department. And so... The consulates are issuing green cards that the that the USCIS is saying we don't have, and vice versa. And so, I think USCIS got to the point where they realized that hey, we're we're about to get in trouble with the the Congress because we're issuing far too many green cards than we are allowed to. And so, I think that's what they're doing is that they're they're putting up the dam to let the mm -hmm. water break for a little bit, and then the tide will move back out and the dates will move again. But I would say for the next, I hesitate to say for the next year, but for the next few months at least. Uh, the priority dates are going to stick where, where we're seeing them right now. Oh, means April 2012. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you think I still have 25 days if I go back to my previous employer and work with them? And if they're able to file before 30th or before October 1st, will that be a good option? 
you can you can at least try it. You know, you can at least try it. And why do I say try it is this, um, the two ideas. One is you can go back to that previous company and they can sponsor the 485 for you legally, no problems. So what you would do is you take your 485 packet, they'd have to sign the supplement J, you get a copy of the I-140 from that company. In a normal situation, USCIS is going to take that case. What I don't know today, and I don't think what any immigration attorney in the universe knows is that, have we been cut off as of today? right? Because like we know at the beginning of the month what the visa bulletin showed, we were good to act. But now with this news, we don't know if USCIS is going to come out tomorrow and say, okay, oh. here's a new visa bulletin for September. Everyone is unavailable. You're all blocked. And so the quicker that you can act, get that in, it's going to be better whether you can act today and get it out there or whether you can wait till next week and get it out there and it'd be okay. I don't know. The risk okay. that you run is that they're going to reject the case. I don't think that they will cash your checks and take the 485 money from you. They would likely mm -hmm. just reject the case back and saying, hey, you're, you're not current anymore. So that's mm -hmm. when I say try. It's not going to hurt you to try. I think you know what the future holds if you don't. So try to get it in. And the worst that's going to happen is it's going to give you a rejection and say, hey, we can't take you. You're not current. Doesn't do anything to impact your H-1B. Doesn't do anything to impact any future case you might do. You're just trying to use, you know, the the facts in front of us to your benefit. Nothing wrong with it. And so if, if you can go to company A and if they're willing to sign the 485J and it doesn't cost them any money, you don't need to do an H-1B transfer to them or anything like that oh, if really? you don't want to. Yeah. And so, so. Um, Where can I get that information on the USCS site, which tells this is the cutoff date? for the um, Google um, visa bulletin and you should be able to find it. Google October okay. visa I bulletin. I, I, yeah. I think I know there is another page where they mention effective from this and that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, thank you. I think I'm, I'm good. Thank you, Ryan, for answering my question. Absolutely. All right, everyone. Uh, I appreciate your time today. If we weren't able to get to you, I do apologize. But of course we do hold the calls daily. so. Um, if we weren't able to get to you today, please call in uh, you know, tomorrow when we'll speak with you at that time. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you for listening to Ready and Newman Daily Podcast. We sincerely hope that you've taken something valuable out of it. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. For more information or if you want to make an appointment, check out our websites, rnlawgroup.com and immigrationgirl.com. Have an awesome day.